My name is Andy Remex Moreno, and uh, you are listening to the Cap City Presents podcast. With us on the podcast today, we have Bobby Williams, who is the executive director of the Bridge Music Project, based here in uh, Olympia, Washington. Uh, could you go into detail of what exactly the Bridge is as an organization? Sure. So, like you said, the Bridge Music Project, we're a nonprofit organization based here in Olympia. And what we do is we teach youth how music and writing can be tools to deal with life's challenges. And the way that we do that work is through songwriting workshops. So we're getting youth together in these workshops where they can collaborate, write original songs, record these songs, and then just perform them to the community at large. Cool. And uh, it's mostly hip-hop based, right? It's mostly hip-hop It's kind artists. of all styles, you know? Yeah. Like, it started very hip-hop based just because that's what I've always done and been into. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like... A lot of music in general, it's just we're blending genres. So, you know, we have singers, we have rappers, we have people that will play like saxophone. It's all kinds of music. Awesome. Where do y'all where do y'all do the uh, recording at? So we we do kind of portable setups usually, depending you know because we're doing a lot of versions of the program. Like we're working with middle schools, we're in detention centers. So usually we'll do a mobile setup and bring in an audio engineer and record the youth just wherever we can get a good space. Cool. Has uh, COVID affected the uh, like the writing process for your artists or like the recording process? It's dramatically affected the way that we do our workshops, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when COVID first hit, it was just like, oh, what are we, we going to do? Because the whole format is always meeting in person, doing the projects. And so, you know, initially it took a little time to regroup. But now we're getting in a place where we can pretty much do everything we were doing before. So we'll host workshops through Zoom. And, you know, we have more equipment to get the audio quality up a little better on Zoom. So the actual collaboration part will happen online. And then recording, we'll record in person, but it's all one person at a time. We're sterilizing the equipment between every person using it. Mm-hmm. And Important. so we're being very conscious of, you know, socially distancing and things like that. And then the shows have either become, we'll do a kind of listening, like a virtual listening party. But, um, you know, or we'll do a live stream show which we just did for the first time last friday and that was real cool awesome yeah i only got to see about four of the performances but uh how was how was the experience doing that versus you know obviously a a live show with a crowd in front of them yeah it, it, it was very different for sure but i liked it it's when you're doing a show live you just have the energy of everybody and so you know, it's definitely a different experience, but I was just happy for us to have something, like some way to do a show and get out there to the community. You know, we had Cabin Light Studios filming with multiple cameras on us, and we, we did it up like we do our normal shows. Like, we got the lights and the stage props and everything, so it still felt like a show. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, because I don't know if you saw that uh, I had hosted a uh, benefit for Yvonne McDonald. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, we there were so many technical errors with it. I mean, we had a blast. Don't get me wrong. Was 
was there any were there any technical difficulties when it came to it or was everything smooth sailing no for hiccups. you? No hiccups. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you are he, so lucky. The, the airs weren't technical, but they like the leading up to the show there were so many challenges because mm-hmm. you know usually we do a concert series every summer. We'll do six shows. And so we couldn't do that this year, obviously. And then I wanted to do a drive-in concert where we could broadcast over the radio and, you know, do the concert with everyone driving up. And then that got outlawed, or Inslee said no live entertainment. So that killed that idea. And then I reached out to businesses to try to find a rooftop for us to perform on and hit up you know, maybe 10 plus places. And we finally found a rooftop. And then the day of the show at the Washington Center, it rained. The one day in... <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Washington. Day. This is Washington, it's to be expected, but like the one day in, in summertime that it does rain. Yeah, it hadn't rained for like a whole month and then the day of the show. <laughs> but it, it was definitely good. You know, this year we've just had to be flexible about so many things. Right. So it was just like, well, compared to everything else going on, this is nothing. Let's just roll with it. It's almost like problems are just like, eh, whatever. Let's just roll with it. Let's just roll with the punches. Her tolerance has gone way up. (laughs) It's just like you expect there to be a problem. So, I mean, that's why I'm here and I'm not at a live, you know, music event. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm here interviewing people like you, which uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on the show because I've, I've been watching you from... For so many years, like when when was the the bridge started? It started about eight years ago. Okay, and it was just uh you know I was working for a social service agency and working with youth in foster care, and so it just started as a small project where I was working with three youth, just teaching them like how to write a song and put lyrics together. So it started as a really informal type thing, and then gradually over time built to be bigger and bigger and. We started adding structure to it, including more youth. And then eventually it just kind of outgrew the organization. You know, CYS was who I was working for. And it just sort of became too big of a thing for them. And we had to branch out and become our own thing. That's awesome. Uh, how many How many uh, students do you help? Last year we worked with, I want to say, like 243 youth and impressive yeah some of those are like eight-week projects where you know they're going through the whole thing and some of those are one-time interactions where i'm at a detention center working with someone so you know it's varied but collectively a lot of youth is it stressful i have to ask like especially with you saying like a working at a detention center versus like yeah i i don't think the detention center part is stressful i'd say What's stressful is just running an organization is stressful. Definitely. You know, because it's like the workshops themselves, it's like that's the reward for all the work that you have to do outside of it. Because it's a lot of like data tracking or writing grants or trying to work out a contract or something. It's like the majority of the time, I'm not even doing anything that's related to music. It's more just business administrative stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, nerd nerd stuff in a in a way. Yeah, I mean it's I like the business side of just trying to figure things out and make things happen, mm-hmm. but I'd much rather be doing a workshop or, you know, throwing a event or something. Right. No, I definitely get that. Like I you know as well as I do that I I throw events. So it can it can really suck when I uh, you know you're you're sifting through emails and you're just like, "God, I just want everything to fall into place." Or can someone write me back quickly? 
instead right. of like, okay, this thing is pending on this person, which is pending on this, so I can't get to step two before step one, or, you know, that that's the stressful thing. Or blasting 50 emails to 50 different venues all up and down Western Washington and just wondering, like, hey, will you please just tell me no? Just tell me no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would save me so much time. Yeah, no is a courtesy. The worst is no answer. Yeah. You know, it's like... Oh, just even if it's no, just get it. Get me an answer. Mm-hmm. So you've been helping a uh, youth with uh, making music for about eight years. Uh, when did you start making music yourself? Hmm. I, I started when I was maybe eleven years old or so, mm-hmm. and I wasn't particularly musical before that. But I just decided one day, like I'm just gonna pick up a pen and start writing some raps. Like I just felt compelled to do it. And then it was just something I really plugged into from that first time and just, you know, kept writing raps until now. So, And uh, who were your influences growing up? Like, especially when you say like 11, I couldn't imagine who you were listening just to. Just cheesy stuff like Will Smith or something. Hey, you know? don't, don't call Will Smith yeah, cheesy. I, I feel like he's come full circle to where it was like Will Smith was cool to me as an 11-year-old. As a later teenager, I thought he was kind of cheesy, and now it's like, yeah, Will Smith's awesome. So, mm. yeah, I'm not going to call Will Smith cheesy, but... <laughs> no, I, I get why you say it, though, but like, sort of looking in retrospect of everything, I'm just like, man, he had some bangers. He did. He killed it. And it was really accessible music to a lot of people. This is so. very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very family-friendly. Yeah. Which is partially why people don't like Will Smith, which is... Uh-huh. Let's just let's but it, just call it like it is. It's BS that people even say that. Like, oh, he doesn't curse. Like, I'm not gonna listen to that. It was fun. It was fun music, like Miami exactly. and stuff. Ambanito, Ami, Ami, and like all those songs getting jiggy with it. So many good samples. That Stevie Wonder sample for uh, Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the song of the summer. Mm-hmm. That was like I was by there. the pool. Wild Wild West going you right. Know. <laughs> so in your younger years, uh, where were you staying? Uh, in those times. You're you're from the Midwest, correct? Yeah, I'm from Southman, Indiana. And I've kind of, you know, I was there till I was 18. Then I lived in St. Louis for two years, went to school there, and then did AmeriCorps for a year in Costa Mesa, California, and then came to Evergreen. That's what brought me to Olympia out here was going to Evergreen. And what kept you out here? Yeah, I, I didn't really feel like I wanted to go to South Bend again. For sure. Yeah, and, I know nothing about South Bend. What's that like? <laughs> well, you know, now I have a newfound appreciation for South Bend, and I feel like it's come a long way since when I was young and out there. Like, growing up, South Bend always felt like a place you wanted to get away from. You know, like, it, it just felt like a pretty downtrodden, like, everyone's just kind of feeling miserable. Like, it, it was a struggling city for a long time, and... You know, but recently it's just been totally revitalized. Like I go there and it feels like people are proud to be from South Bend, you know, for really the first time that I've seen. And things like there's just a lot more industry going on. There's a lot more arts and creativity. Pete mm-hmm. Buttigieg, you know, is from South Bend, Indiana. He ran for president. Right. And he really made South Bend like a real focal point of his campaign. And you know, so I'm proud of South Bend, but at the time, I really wanted to get out of there. No, I feel it. I feel it. And uh, we're glad to have you here in Olympia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, glad no to be doubt. Here. Yeah. 
Uh, we've we've known each other for quite some time. I remember doing house parties with you back in the day, and yeah, yeah, we've we've grown up a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, years, years and years we've known each other. So, uh, when you first came to Olympia, was it easy to find like artists to work with? Oh, I mean, you know, I was going to Evergreen, so there was a scene of like other rappers at Evergreen. I, I think what really connected me to the hip hop community out here was doing battle rap mm-hmm. and. Going and battling, you know, and not to toot my own horn, but I thought I was a pretty good battler. Oh, I remember seeing you battle a heretic at a, the Royal back in the day. And that was sort of my, not like literally my introduction to, to rap battling, but it was, you know, the start of something beautiful. Yeah. And there's a whole scene for it for a while. And I mean, there still is with heretic. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, I'd go to these battles and that's when I really connected with like the bigger hip hop community. And I felt like I got respect and appreciation for being a good battler, too. And uh, back in those days, you, you had a couple of, of, of albums that came out. Um, do you have mm-hmm. any backstories of uh, behind uh, the making of Laundry Day or the Never Sleep album? Because the Never Sleep album was, was in my CD player for a long time. Yeah. It was only like, what, four tracks? but It was still... like a little EP. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that was just all the music I was making during college and you have so much time to just get creative and get into your own vibes and stuff. And um, I met Dan Fagens, who was a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just collabed and saw what we could come up with and made some fun music. So Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Dan Fagens is doing nowadays? <laughs> he is out in Portland. And I saw him, you know... A few years ago, I was doing a little tour with Gift to Gab from Black Alicious and saw him out there. So he seems like he's doing good. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I've seen them come and go, living, you know, being born and raised here in Olympia. You know, I've seen, you know, artists like try or not not necessarily even try, but like they, they do their thing for a little while mm-hmm. and then they stretch their wings and then they fly off. Uh, are there any artists like that that come to mind? Like that are Olympia based that you, you saw here that left? Who have gone on to, like, do big things. Mm -hmm. I'd say, you know, like, some people I've seen really through the bridge. um, Alex Wishart, who goes by the artist named Barnes Boulevard. He was in the bridge for a while and went on to become a big lo-fi producer. Oh, okay. And so he's on, like, all the lo-fi playlists. Mm-hmm. And he's blown up. Like, look up Barnes Boulevard on Spotify. He's coming up on, like, nearly a million monthly listeners. So he's one that's sort of low-key done it big. Okay. And then I'm trying to think of other Olympia artists. I mean, just the obvious people you would think of, you know, like XP working with right, Macklemore right. or something. I but... feel like that's going to be, like, I, like this is a, a question that I'm going to be asking a lot of people in the hip-hop community, and I feel like that's going to be the one name. Everybody, uh-huh. everybody knows XP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you still performing to this day? Yeah, I mean, not as much with COVID, but I'm still, like, you know, doing shows when it's a choice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I no, still... I saw you I saw you hyping uh you know, being the hype man for some of the MCs yeah. on your live stream show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying just kind of, you know, like I'll always be an artist and a writer and performer, but I like being in this supporting role too. And then occasionally like being like, I still got chops over here, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, you know, it's like, my main focus is pushing the organization and channeling my creativity that way. Versus, you know, trying to get a record deal or something. 
No, I feel it. Uh, record companies suck anyway, so mm-hmm. you know why not? Why not do something that makes you happy? And obviously, you're doing it for a good cause. Totally. Mm-hmm. Are your students handling everything well with all that's going on? I'd say everyone is handling it as good as you possibly can. You know, as good as they can. It's just a tough time right now. Like, I feel like everyone is just taking like a collective hit. You know, like everyone is doing a little worse for the circumstances being what they are. So, you know, we're just trying to continue to be a support in, you know, our participants' lives and keep in touch and do what we can. But it's a tough time for everyone. And especially, I'd say, for a lot of the young people we're working with. Mm -hmm. In general, you know, like a lot of the youth we work with have been through trauma, and that can be really isolating. And then COVID on top of it and all the social distancing and everything, that's like double isolating. So it's a really difficult time. Yeah. Are your students even going to school or is everything online based? School's all pretty much online, yeah. Yeah. That's – I could only imagine. I mean, that was what – 11, 12 years ago for me, I couldn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, even introverts, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. Did your students have a fun time with the uh, live stream, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, do they do you, do you and them see it being, like, a viable thing for the future? I, I think that's going to be, you know, until we're back out in the world like we used to be, I think that's the way to go is doing some live stream shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining we'll do our workshops, we will close with like a live stream concert and uh where was that live stream at again that was at the black box right no it was at the washington center for the performing arts on the main stage okay there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and we were doing it with the chairs in the background right so it had sort of like the uh, backstage feel to it yeah yeah exactly Mm. do you have a preference between the washington center and the capitol theater Well, the Capitol Theater is kind of our home. Like, for the bridge as an organization, the Capitol Theater is our home. My office is inside the Capitol Theater building. We do all our workshops when we're there in person. We're doing them at the Capitol Theater. And so we're definitely, like, really tied into the Capitol Theater. And then the Washington Center, we sort of went with them for this last show because they had an accessible roof, even though we didn't get to use it. But they were... One of the, I mean, pretty much the only organization that was like, yeah, you got a, a group of youth artists, get on the roof, go for it. You know, like nowhere, nowhere else either had an accessible roof or were willing to let us do that. So I have love for both of them. All right, cool. Um, have you been uh, paying attention to the marches that have been happening around Olympia lately? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Have your students been bringing, bringing it up? It's definitely been a bigger issue just in everyone's consciousness Mm -hmm. right now and one way that it's coming up is just through their art and what they're choosing to write about like uh shady b you know longtime bridge participant talented artist shout out shady b shout out shady b uh she had this new song no justice no peace that was just challenging the idea that some people are saying the protests are unwarranted and it was just a powerful song, and our youth are writing a lot about those kinds of issues. Like, it's just coming up more and more. So I'm happy that, you know, there's a space where they can write about that stuff and express it out to the bigger community. That they can sort of vent to. 
Yeah. Because that's that's important when you're especially when you're that young and that age and you know, need to get need to get your feelings out there. It's I I, I definitely dig what you're saying there. Yeah, it's important. Are there any uh students or people in general that you want to shout out? Oh, all of them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we have so many awesome participants. I'll just shout out the Collective Bridge community. You know, I think one thing with the bridge is it is like a community, like it's all the volunteers and mentors and people assisting in different ways. It's the youth, it's their families, you know, like collectively, it's all these people coming together to make the project happen. Cool. And uh, are there any uh, projects that you that you're working on that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, sure. I'll shout out the Beehive with double B. If you look up the Beehive with double B spelled out, the B, just the letter B, hive with double, the word double, and then B, that's on Facebook. You can find my podcast. Um, Years ago, the first version of the Beehive was part of Free Radio Olympia. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, Free Radio Olympia is a pirate radio station, meaning no FCC license. We were just kind of coming in and doing it. Right. And the studio was just, you know, a shack behind someone's house where we would just come in and do the show, an undisclosed house. And so, you know, 22 years old, I was out there every week just interviewing people, just throwing together a radio show. And then eventually the station got shut down and we weren't able, you know, the government doesn't like it when you're broadcasting without a license. Damn them. Yeah. So so the show ended. And then when COVID hit, I just decided, you know, now would be a great time to restart up the Beehive and make it into a video podcast. And so I just started getting at, you know, musicians I knew, um, politicians, and even people I didn't know, like I started reaching out to the greater music community for it too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember uh, going on your show. Like, it's crazy. Like that, we can look back at this, and what was that? Like seven or eight years that I was being interviewed on your show. Totally. On yeah. the Beehive, and I still remember going to this house. You gave me this address. I, you know, knock on the door, and I hear "Come in." I open it up, and there's like a receptionist desk in this house. Okay. <laughs> And this guy was like, oh, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm with my buddy DL, you know, DL. And uh, I say, like, we're here to see Bobby. And she's like, Bobby who? And I was like, we're here for the beehive. I'm not sure we're at the right house. And she's like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. We just need to make sure that you're you're cool. And <laughs> you, you belong here. <laughs> yeah. Mm, they're testing you. I don't remember the receptionist desk, but I like that aspect that sounds cool that's what it seemed like to me and i mean i could be remembering it wrong but this was so many years ago and it was Mm -hmm. just sort of like what are you doing in my house like we don't want anybody who doesn't who knows about the the radio station to you know call us out yeah it was a very kind of on the low type situation totally right it's part of what made it fun (laughs) i'm also going to be starting a new podcast called the parental compass where we're going to be interviewing parenting experts and yeah, putting out advice for parents. And that's going to be through the family education and support services. So that's going to be a new project. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, just look up the Bridge Music Project on Facebook and everything too. We're keeping active. You really do it all. And <laughs> you're really doing a lot for the community and, and you know, you're doing good things. And I appreciate you, you know, coming out here and and really just 
just putting in the work because we need people like you in this community. And I feel like Olympia just has such a family oriented community. So to hear, to hear you say that you're going to start a podcast about helping families, that's, that means a lot to me. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate all the work you've been doing for years and things like this too. So you always are approaching from a pretty selfless perspective. So, you know, the community is lucky to have you too. And likewise, dude. Um, I guess we'll go into my last question. Uh, where do you see the bridge going like a year from now? Well, you know, I'm just hoping that we're still going strong. Mm-hmm. We've been developing a lot of the virtual capabilities. And I think some things like this is an opportunity to grow and innovate too. So some things like the live stream, like I could see us still doing that once everything's opened up again. But in general, I'm just hoping that we're still going strong. We're continuing to serve more youth and do our thing. And, you know, I mean, that's the big goal for right now. Just keep the train moving. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I am Andy Remex Moreno. I've been your host for the Cap City Presents podcast. We've had our wonderful guest, Bobby Williams, a.k.a. Double B, on the show. Uh, Before we end off, I do want to state that this show is dedicated to raising the voices of people who who I feel need to have their voices raised. This, This podcast isn't about me necessarily, as it is about me finding the people who I believe you should be listening to. So uh, before we go, though, uh, Double B, I want to know, do you have any questions for me? Well, I guess what is uh, what do you see as your next step, like beyond the podcast, or what are your goals coming up? I guess really the goal right now is to focus on, on this right now because everything is shut down. I've talked to multiple booking agents. I've talked to multiple band members, artists, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who do a lot of live performances. And if you don't, if you can't legally have a crowd there or safely even have a crowd there, then what can you do? You know, I, I work with a lot of artists obviously who are now struggling and a lot of them seem to be, you know, stuck in this rut. And I'm just thankful that I have a platform to amplify my friends' voices. Yeah. Such as this podcast and also, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, I've got, followers so why not give them a little bit of background to what goes into what i'm doing here totally do you think the live music industry that's going to be just tough to recover from huh and nobody seems to have an answer yeah (laughs) i feel like like i get i feel like i get asked you know like once a month like hey do you got any shows coming up and i'm like have you read the news like (laughs) have you looked at this like I'll be so glad for the day when we can just get hype at a show again. Right. Or just like high five each other or or hug each other. Like, come Mm on. I miss hugging my friends. Do you miss hugging your friends? Oh, sure. Totally. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Again, thank you for coming on the show, Bobby. Uh, We hope you tune in to next week's. And uh, be sure to follow Bobby Williams on Facebook at The Beehive. That is the letter B, Hive Podcast. Is that correct? The Beehive with double B. The Beehive with double B. Mm-hmm. And bridgemusicproject.org. Look us up. I'm giving you a virtual hug. Oh, virtual hugs. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week or a week after. Peace. <laughs>